is Hollow Knight, one of the best games of all time. No, 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 no. So, hello everyone and welcome back to the Best Games of All Time podcast, uh, where tonight we are talking about Hollow Knight, and I feel like it is a game of such renown that uh, little introduction is required. Uh, but basically, it's, it's sort of an interesting game to cover on here in that I, at least I really respect it and I I mean that's that's the only like kind thing I can say about it is that I really respect it Um, and I played it and I finished it uh, but I rarely enjoyed the process of it there were a few times like you know when the game starts to open up when you get the first like midair dash you know Mm-hmm. Um, then I think it, it starts to open up and you start to be able to cross some of the gaps that were previously unavailable to you and, and that kind of thing in that specific Metroidvania way. Um, but it, it is, I feel like the points of enjoyment for me were few and far between, and I'm just struggling to reckon with it because... I really admire it and I really respect it as being like a really specific experience made by two people, which is as good as it gets unless you're one person, you know? Sure. It's yeah. like, it's like it, it really doesn't get any more of like a catered experience than, than, than if you have a team this small. Um, but I feel like the specificness of the experience comes out in kind of good and in bad ways. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think the beginning sucks. <laughs> and for me, the beginning was like 10-ish hours, I feel like. Um, that's a long I, time to grind through something, dude. Like, yeah. I just gotta, that's, that's a lot. It was. And I mean, 10 hours is like, I may have, I, I'm I'm just going off of memory from here here, but I do feel like I like check the time around that time. And ten hours is about the amount of time that I give a like an RPG if I'm trying to get into it and if right. the story isn't hooking me by that time or the mechanics then I usually just move on. And I did that with um Xenogears last year. I played it for 10 hours and couldn't get into it, and I moved on. But I was determined to finish Hollow Knight for purposes of the podcast. And so here we are. Um, it, it sounds like for you, the, like the beginning experience was much... Like, you didn't have fun, but it wasn't 10 hours. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, my experience with it was... Uh, well, first of all, I, I started the game at some point in time and probably played, I would guess you know, two or three hours. And I, then I walked away from it. Like, there was there was nothing about it. You know, it was like, it had a, a... It set the bar early, you know, for how difficult, or what what the difficulty was going to be like, you know. 
um, and I walked away and then it was at least a year or maybe more later that I found myself, you know, looking for a game and came across it and I started fresh. Did mm-hmm. I start fresh or did I, I think I just, well, anyway, but for some reason at that point, um, no, I didn't start fresh because that's, that, that, that was the thing is, uh, I didn't know exactly where I was, but I was far enough along that from that point on, it wasn't a grind. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it wasn't. It was interesting, but it wasn't enjoyable at first. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like it, it's darn lucky for this game that the art is so good and that the the world design is so cohesive because at least you're getting some gas from that in the I mean, first. Yeah, in the early going. That was that was the pure draw, right? It was yeah the the environments and the world itself but then the, the detail in the world mm-hmm. yeah i mean and and i do want to talk about that in more in depth later um i think the first thing that i mean it it is it it looks great um the it it has definitely like a vibe that it's going for that i think it uh really nails um, but the other thing that jumps out right away is the mechanics. And what was that thing that you said? There was like a quote about how they basically said, like, yeah, one of the diner- designers said that they wanted it to be, uh, they wanted it to feel like it was your fault when you got hit, you know, that you had every chance, um, to get out of that situation. And so that when you did get hit, it was clear that you screwed that up. And that's why the, there's so much midair control, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, so there's that going for it. I mean, it's like, and, and that dovetails with the difficulty conversation because mm-hmm. they want it to be punishing and they want it to, you want to feel bad and punished when you do fail. Um, and that comes out in the mechanics. It comes out in the mechanics around death and in the save points in the game but on specifically on the subject of the mechanics right it's like i tried to move at the last minute or the last second and you know i didn't calculate my angles properly and i got hit and that's my fault um so there's that really specific aspect of the mechanics that it is not unique to the game but feels like something that they were designing to be bespoke and like we're designing this specific experience and then there's also something that I noticed right away, which is like there is a to me a like a little cool down after each action that you perform, and that is another thing where the game is really putting you to to task and being like you better make sure you know what you're doing and you better make sure you're making the right decisions because there's no leeway it's like you i I think when i first experienced it it this like cool down thing it was like when trying to heal Mm -hmm. um and i like had landed from a jump and it feels like you can't um like the word might be cancel out of like the the fault the landing animation into healing or it's like there's just a little period where once you land, like a split second, you can't do anything. 
yep. and then you can heal. And uh, yeah, I think that I, I think maybe that's the difficulty aspect about the game that I do enjoy it because <laughs> it's it's very deliberate and it is like a specific feel of like you know you can move until the last second. Um, so when you do get hit, it's your fault for not getting out of the way, and you have to be very deliberate about what you're doing so that you um, like you know you you're planning it out so that when you do land from a jump you have so you set yourself up with room and time and space to heal yeah yeah the the care to that was was really clear and i think that's something that can in a lot of games um it can be frustrating you know people hear people talk about the frustration of like oh this animation you know i hate that it does this or whatever um because it's that loss of control that went you know a couple hundred milliseconds or tens of milliseconds too long um whereas in here it, it feels very intentional and then it you know it becomes part of the experience that you like the movement experience that you have with uh the night um uh, that ends up being really rewarding to to understand and like intuit movements um yeah it was, it, it's clear that they they really did stick to that ideal of um, how you move, you know how how it's yeah the player is in control. Yeah. I think that's you know yeah saying like I want you to feel like it's your fault. Really, it's just like I want the player to have complete control, and it 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 felt that way while also still putting constraints on movement. Yes, and it feels I like the constraint aspect that we're talking about. It lends that is to say the cooldown mm-hmm. that is in between moves it lends like a rhythm to the movement yeah. of the game that is really cool it's like boom i'm jumping boom i'm swinging the the nail boom i'm dashing over here whereas it's like because you're not um you don't have like perfect like freedom total freedom of movement right it's like you're yeah there's there's sort of a nuance that you have to tease out and you have to figure out the rhythm of the way that the game wants you to play. Whereas it's to compare it with something like Hades, I guess, which mm-hmm. is like ultra fast. You can move anywhere at any time and there's not that cooldown. It's like total freedom of input, um, which is good in its own way. And we really lauded the, the combat in that game, but this is something different. And, yeah. uh, and, cool in its own way yeah it it lent, it brought itself to like feel like having that understanding of the movement like I said that rhythm that you get was super satisfying even in challenging boss battles when you finally when it clicks and you understand like okay i have this much time to jump and attack and then if i if i can get to this spot when this is happening i can get a heal off and then and then there's in some you know boss battles where it's like, and I know whether or not to hold that for that second pop of heal mm-hmm. or to let off and just get one, you know, because there is an additional like basically there's like a penalty, right? You lose soul if you if you heal and then you get hit, you basically just wasted soul, like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. And and so figuring that out, it, it was actually I, for me it was incredibly gratifying to to get that groove. Um, I really enjoyed that part of. Uh, of the proficiency uh, curve. Yeah. 
And if there's one fight that is like that teaches you about how much like the rhythm of combat is a part of the experience of the game, it's Mantis Lord to mm-hmm. me, no question. Because the way their attacks like the way they like disappear and pop back in and give you like a split second to like pick up on based on their animation, their tell, like what they're about to do. Yeah. Um, and then you have to to sort of respond and like feels like a rhythmic way, like a dance or, or something like that. Um, Definitely. Is, yeah, th- is really yeah. good. Man, I, I sort of like it more <laughs> now that we're talking about it than I sure. thought I did. Um, yeah, that makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like a couple of weeks since I put it down. So, um, and I think like we were talking about before the call, you know, it's a two D game, <laughs> and I think from us it just gets a boost from being in two D. And like I was playing uh, Super Mario Sunshine today because we got the. Um, we get the all stars. Yeah, because yeah. the the bullshit like forced scarcity or like it's disappearing forever. So we ended up buying it, and so we've been sampling uh, Sunshine, which we didn't, I didn't play at the time, and it's really fun. Yeah, um, but I was I was playing the boss, which is like a rail shooter level, which is like mm-hmm. Mecha Bowser, and you're going around on the roller coaster. And, uh, you know, there's, to me, there's nothing like the frustration of getting hit in 3D by something that you can't see. Yeah. And it's meant to be a game, like, for children, pretty, <laughs> pretty much, right? And here I am uh, in my 30s getting hit from behind by a bullet bill. And, or I'm, like, turned around looking for the bullet bill that, is coming from behind and then I get hit from the front when I'm not looking that way, you know? And it's like, I don't know if that's ever solvable in 3d, um, in the sense that, you know, if you can look any direction, you're always at some point, maybe going to be hit by something that comes from a direction you're not looking in. I mean, you you can solve it. Um, but you gotta, you get by getting good, bro. Like, yeah, you gotta like memorize the <laughs> level. You gotta get good. Uh, no, I'm teasing. G- it's frustrating as hell, and G- it's a big G-U-D. problem with 3D. <laughs> yeah, get good. Get uh, good, bro. Yeah. But that old. Uh, also, Mario Sunshine. Uh, here's a hot take. Uh, least favorite. Oh, really? Least favorite 3D Mario, probably. And I'm just. I haven't even thought about that much, but it's in the bottom, so that's very easy for me. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. Uh, I'm old, you know. Send me hate mail. It's fine. I don't care. Um, I but, like. Uh, I really like holding down the button to spray. Uh, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's no, dude. And I don't know if you have the all the. Do you have all the attachments yet? Like all the different. No, I haven't right? even gotten one the, the, any beyond the first one. Okay, like they're super fucking fun. Like just cruise. Like so the the fun that I had in that game was in the overworld where you can open you know any of the three and just like uh spoilers one lets you like you know uh run super fast and one Mm. launches you high and it's just like i just fucked around and that was you know that's the fun part for me anyway with mario right is you get the tightness of control and proficient with 
you know, his movement. And so then mm-hmm. when you add in the acrobatics of launching yourself or turboing yourself, like I love that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like spraying the wall. I don't like spraying gra- graffiti off the wall. <laughs> like what the fuck? Go away. I, um, so, um, I think I do with this thing with 3d Mario games where I am like, wow, this is really great, but I never have what it takes to, finish it like i always Mm. hit a wall and gets pretty hard and like the most stars i've ever gotten in mario 64 is like in the 60s i want to say okay um yeah whereas i'll i'll max them out i mean that's you know especially mario 64 like all all save files maxed out all stars (laughs) like yeah uh you know maximum number of coins per level like yeah i I go stupid that but uh Mm. But uh, uh, anyway, so back to anyway. back to like so three D three D games. Uh, it's a big problem for three D games is you know having the awareness like you, you can't you can't have the awareness right uh, without other additional cues whether it's cheating you know by putting a, an arrow on your HUD from where you're mm-hmm. getting hit from or you know better sound design but like it's incredibly challenging um, and two D you know it's the whole. Uh, what is it? Flat world problem, right? Where mm-hmm. you're a higher dimensional being, so you have, you know, complete uh, awareness of the surroundings of the lower dimensional being, mm-hmm. uh, and and that works out really well in video games. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and I was playing uh, Final Fantasy VII remake, and I think I've given up on it, which is hard for me to say as like a lifelong enthusiast of final fantasy and seven in particular yeah not that like it's horrible or anything but i just want to play other stuff but i mean the point that i was like i don't know if i want to keep playing was a boss where i was felt like i just couldn't see why i was getting hit so much or like where Mm. the attacks were coming from spent a lot of time in the like the basically the pause menu of the battles in those games, which is where you bring up the menu, mm-hmm. use like potions and stuff and just using potions, getting hit, going back, using potions. And um, all of which is to say that Hollow Knight doesn't, I guess it does get a boost from us because it's just a 2D game. And at least I gravitate more toward that those more simple uh like from a visual presentation perspective um where it just doesn't even have to deal with that problem that 3d has to deal with so it's like the how exacting the game is and requiring you to you know learn its rhythm and and its timing and its specific combat mechanics nothing gets in the way of that of that connection between you and the game visually you always can see exactly what's going on like the developers say you always right. know why you got hit and you know that it was your your fault so i just like 2d games <laughs> that's what, yeah that's where i come down on that yeah so i mean i do want to cover next the aspect of the difficulty that i don't like they didn't even do it in a cheeky way like some hard games do. Um, they did it in sort of an elegant 
way like Celeste does, which is where the game is encouraging to you or congratulates you, but in a respectful way about um, completing its challenge. And this game gives you congratulations when you finished it, when you finish it. Yeah. Um, it, so they know it's hard and they're specifically making it hard. And that's sort of a core part of the experience. Did you find it to be a hard game? Yeah, I mean, I did. Like, right? I mean, there, it's like it was kind of the the difficulty curve for me was, you know, at first it was I found it very hard because uh, one hang up I had was that I always went back for my soul because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to lose that money. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on, the reason that I lost it was because I'd pushed too far. You know, I went way too far into something that I shouldn't have. And then so getting back to that without dying again, um, you know, maybe I was in like a dark area. And mm-hmm. so why, you know, why did I keep pushing into that area? I can barely see. Uh, and so then to lose a thousand, you know, um, glim or whatever uh, was super, is it glim? Is that Geo. Geo, Kalala. Geo. Anyway, different game. But yeah. Uh, what the fuck is Glim? Yeah, what's it's like, that from? It's like Spyro or something. Anyway, okay, I was going to say it sounds like an RPG currency to yeah. me. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, so, so that, and, and that's the part where it's like, I, I walked away from it. I was like, I don't know if this is for me. You know, like this is, this is kind of hard. And then coming back to it, I think understanding, like, okay, I'm not going to worry about that, or I'm not going to push so far. Um, I really did enjoy it, and the the challenges that the battle of the early battles, um, it took a while for me to hit the ceiling of of difficulty where I really was having problems. Like I was dying, but you know, just a couple times in a boss battle at first, mm-hmm. um, until you know later it becomes like it feels like every boss battle is you know dozens literally dozens of times respawning mm-hmm. um but but at, by time that came for me i had accrued so much like um proficiency and i had so many like you know weapons or skills or abilities that it was the the fun factor had kicked in mm-hmm. so the when the difficulty cliff came for me I was ready to jump off of it and, and enjoy being punished. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I did not 100% this game. And, you know, once I got to the end, I was like, and I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I, you know, there was a lot more than offered in terms of difficulty. And that wasn't for me, you know, like. I know. so felt like that. Like, I just couldn't wait to be done. Um, and once I got to the Hollow Knight, I was like, okay, this is it. And there's, as you alluded to, there's so much game mm-hmm. after that, apparently, just from talking to people online and reading the wiki and stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, I think there's a, you can approach the question of difficulty with this game in a couple different ways. One is like just how hard the, the actual challenge of the, the boss because it's, it's always bosses, right, that we're talking about. There's some kind of hard platforming stuff, but it's the bosses are really what we're talking about when we're talking about difficulty with this game. There's the challenge that they present, which has to do with, like, 
their movement patterns and how much life you have and how much damage you do to them and their HP and stuff. Um, but then there's the separate, I mean, and all that is fine with me. It's like, that's, that's all the, I, I love uh, Hyperlight Drifter, which has super hard bosses um, that took me dozens of tries. Um, but the thing is with Hyperlight Drifter, you always just restart basically at the boss. Yeah. And that is, it's such an important distinction, I feel like, and it really gives insight into the type of challenge the developer is trying to create, I feel like, and Mm -hmm. what they see as being fun and what they see as being difficult. And in the case of this game, it's like the, it's, just comes down to the benches for me. And I, I'm sure it seems petty if you love this game um, as something to complain about. And I, um, I no, know it's... Here's, here's why I don't think it's petty. Like, I, I was thinking about this from when you were talking about it. Because I, and I actually, I've talked to multiple people about this game, and this comes up. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, it's painful to die, right? And so they're using that as a mechanic to be like and if you die you gotta walk all the way back mm-hmm. um but it's silly because it it becomes a pain point like the pain lessens when you get the whatever it is the i can't remember the the, the crystal the dashing you know flying ability and like basically once your movement speed picks up and your proficiency with movement and and proficiency with like navigation mm-hmm. um that goes away and it doesn't feel like I have gained proficiency. It feels like I have lost a nuisance, right? And it's yeah. like, oh, finally I'm free of that. And it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it, it's not a, I think it's a, a, a misused tool, you know? And it's like, it's not something that adds to the, the grinding nature or the, the, the heavy nature of, oh, this bird, you know, rolling this rock up the hill again. Um, right yeah because what are you trying to do you're trying to set a challenge for the player that they can surmount and feel the satisfaction of having accomplished something right that's all you're trying to do um and is that in any way lessened if the player has gets to start right at the boss door again or Um, or doesn't lose their geo lose the geo yeah Yeah, it didn't you know it really didn't uh and now that i'm saying that too the thing that was different for me is i never once used the um the bug that will repair your soul oh yeah i always i always went back to my soul like i always got it Mm -hmm. um and so maybe if you were using that other play style where your soul is actually somewhere that you're never going to go back for um then it makes sense but again that feels even that feels uh forced because it's like why why are you yeah why now i just have to trek up to whatever it was above ground and then and you have to grind to get the geo to pay right the bug to do the thing it's it's the the right idea of you know this world is punishing but it was just that was um I don't think it was handled well. Yeah. And and to make your soul attack you too, 
I mean, who doesn't get hit occasionally by the the soul, especially if it's in a oh, place where the boss room that was the worst when you go in and now you gotta. I come on with that shit. <laughs> you know, it's just like I actually kind of like that, and I know that's like right there as you're like pissed off about it. I'm like, wait a minute, this one I really <laughs> like. Um, but I do is like, okay, all right, you're gonna be you're gonna be a bit of a dick here because I died here before. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's like the but the reason why I'll go back uh, against myself and agree with you is it's not that's something that's an accident, right? It's not like this game does not compound difficulty in a Dark Souls way. Like it doesn't do that, and so compounding difficulty in one instance where it's like, oh, you died in a boss room. Now this thing is here. You have to you know quick figure out how to deal with. Again, it's the way that I get past that is removing a burdensome nuisance. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not additive in like. Oh, look how proficient I am. Like. It, it, yes. So that's that's where I feel like it was kind of. Um, it, it missed the mark. Let's talk about Dark Souls for sure. a sec. Yeah. Like, Dark Souls is. I mean, obviously, the bench mechanic is borrowed is just an adaptation of the bonfire mechanic in Dark Souls, right? Obviously. Obviously, going having to go back to your corpse to get your soul in Dark Souls, Hollow Knight borrowed that with the Geo and having to go back and get your soul. So, I mean, it's clear where that's coming from. The one thing I'll say, I mean, the, me- the mechanics are the same, right? But the one thing I'll say about Dark Souls is that the world design of Dark Souls is so nasty and gross and horrible and it's like everywhere around every corner there's just some thing like moaning and Mm -hmm. agony and stuff and yeah and it it almost feels like like it it almost feels like it wouldn't make sense if the game wasn't punishingly hard like the world design wouldn't have any reflection in the game mechanics if the game mechanics weren't extremely difficult you know yeah and and that's where i want to give dark souls a little bit of a pass even though i never finished it um myself Mm -hmm. um that's that's i mean we've talked about hollow knight being like a really specific experience and that's it is in some ways in in this i feel like it just borrowed dark souls difficulty mechanics to be hard and we're gonna make a hard game. So, like, what's the what's the hardest game? Um, right. Dark Souls is a super hard game. Let's borrow its mechanics for that. Um, yeah, I just I just don't get it. Like, why I can't restart at the boss door? I don't understand. I want to quote um, Tim Rogers, the writer Tim Rogers. He has said, I think it is review of uh, Dragon Quest Five. He said uh, the one thing, one thing that is great about Dragon Quest V is that the creators that they understand that the game doesn't lose when the player wins. It just mm-hmm. means the player had a good time playing your game. Good job. And I feel like the the difficulty mechanics in uh, Hollow Knight are have sort of missed that point. It's like yeah, and. I just want to say, you know, to people, if you're listening and you love this game, like, I get, I get it. 
right? Like I had the aha moment on the Mantis mm-hmm. Lords fight where I was like, this fucking sucked. This is too hard. I actually can't do this. I'm not able to do it. And then I kept trying and I memorized the path to the boss and I knew every like little muscle twitch that I had to do to like do the run back to the boss with minimal effort and avoiding all the enemies and only killing the ones I needed to and like I could fall here and like cut out two seconds if I like fell off this platform versus you know went down the safe way and so on and I learned the rhythm of that boss and I did have the aha moment where I'm like I get why this is fun um and I had the enormous sense of relief Mm -hmm. and satisfaction when I beat the boss and it's a great boss and it is fun but for me it's just like I don't understand the arbitrariness of the of the difficulty of the bench being so far away I just don't understand it yeah you know it's like I I have a lot of positive things to say about the game specific bosses you know the Mm -hmm. bosses aren't cheap like they would be in like an NES game or something where you're I think what we say it's like you have to hope that you get a lucky sort of roll on the boss doing certain movement patterns that it's possible to get out of the way it's like your movement is fluid it is your fault when you die and when you win um it's all credit to you and that's not the case with like an old nes game um so it's not cheap hard in a cheap way the bosses themselves aren't but the the like placement of the benches i feel like is cheap yeah and they did you uh did you mess around with the the trees the the, whatever the the roots or whatever where the with the little moth guy that gives you the rewards for collecting the yeah yeah did, did you the... get um like like 900 i think is what it is and you can teleport after yeah. that right yeah i was gonna say, i like, never that's... used it well so that was the nice part right it walked to a boss and you drop a teleport spot and then so when i die i can just teleport to it yeah and again it was that that was like an additive ability because you could use i don't know you could just teleport another way um but that's how i used it and it was to take away that pain of of traversal um but again that feels like applying a band-aid to something it's like that totally it wasn't necessary and now you added a feature to take away something that wasn't necessary to begin with and so it it's helpful but it feels contrived totally dude because yeah, I, I got it too late in the game to do. I think I got it pretty much right before I went and fought the Hollow Knight. Okay. I got it a little earlier than that, but it was only a couple of, you know, a handful of instances where I was like, oh, thank God I have this. Um, but again, getting it so late, it's like it speaks to the to the use of it. It was like, Because... Eh. Dude, that, I mean, I just love that point about it's like you're taking a nuisance away. You're not adding anything. I, again, I compare it with Subnautica where it's like every new ability that you gain in that 3D Metroidvania, like we've talked about, makes you feel like you're gaining mastery over the world. Right. And you're, you are come 
coming into your own where you're finally calling the shots and not just reacting to the way that the world is um, right. attacking yeah. you. And, and, and the things that you are getting mastery in or the things that you're getting more proficient at, like, you know, creating food or distilling water, uh, it doesn't, it, they are removing the nuisance of having to, you know, mm-hmm. get a bladder fish, and do all that stuff. Uh, but the nuisance itself was part of existing, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it was, it was baked into the, the DNA of the character yes. in the environment. It, yes. it, so it did it in a natural way. And so it's not that you can't have contrived, you know, nuisances, you know, they could have always just like, here's a magical, you know, uh, what is it? The, the life straw there. You never need to worry about water. They could have done <laughs> that, but the, they, they added the challenge and then the proficiency later in a way more elegantly and more seamlessly. And that's, that's when, you know, it's, it's not a matter of having them or not. It's a matter of how you expose the player to them. And uh, that's kind of where this, that's kind of where this one flopped, I think. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, cause there's no way that on the, for me, 30th time I'm making the run from the, bench to the watcher nights mm-hmm. there's no way i am not just completely taken out of the game but i'm no longer like in the game world yeah. you know I'm, yeah you're just you're, you're performing a, a muscle memory now where it's like okay do the thing blah 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 and it, yeah it just it creates a uh yeah like a kind of like a mocking like yes yeah there's a real and there's a real dissonance between how fully realized the world is visually um orally um and the mechanic because you are just it's like yep doing this again yep i'm looking at the screen i'm in my hands as i do this you know it's like you're completely out of the games world and uh I mean, we're we're gonna talk next about how well realized the the world is and how how awesome it is. Um, but I feel like you are no longer experiencing it when you're doing that run to the boss or fighting the same boss thirty times. Mm. Um, I I wanted to ask you about that because I feel like we had a sort of interesting discussion about it before, like fighting the same boss over and mm-hmm. over. So leaving aside the run to the boss, once yeah. you're yeah. actually fighting the boss, it's like, I feel like I did get to the point where I'm like, I see why this is fun for some people. And again, the Mantis Lords fight is like an outstanding boss. Um, yeah. And in that way, it's not really a good example, I feel like, because to me, it's the best boss in the game, hands down, and the most fun. And, but then, like, the Watcher Knights, I'm like, like, just fighting the same one over and over and over. And Mm -hmm. eventually, I beat it, you know, and I did feel a sense of satisfaction. But I don't, I think when you're at that level of number of times, you're, you're just taken out of the game completely. And it's like, yep, I'm playing a video game. I'm trying to surmount this challenge. But it no longer feels like you're trying to surmount, surmount a challenge as the player character. It's like as the player. Yep, totally. You know? Yeah, it, it becomes 
it, it becomes purely performative and mechanical. I enjoy that different state. I, I like the I like the punishment, um, and I like the challenge. I like beating my head against the cinder block wall. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, it's a it's a you know we talked about it before. It's like a flow state kind of thing, sort of. Yeah. Um, but it's not a flow state. It's just like it, it just it, it becomes performative, and it's like okay, I'm going to go in here, and I'm going to push the right buttons at the right time. And that's that's different than having a game experience. Yeah. Um, but I really I really did enjoy that part of this, and I enjoyed the 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 curve of that, and then the payoff um, of understanding like, okay, I'll use these different charms, or oh, this is this is a no heal boss battle. Like I just go yeah. in aggro, you know. Um, it always felt good, whether it was I got lucky and it was the fifth time I fought the boss, or if it was the fiftieth time. Um, like I said, that's what I was saying before. Like at that point, I was hooked by what it was offering, and each boss experience was different enough that it was interesting to me to go in and do it a million times, um, but not interesting enough to go and do it to hundred percent the game. So. That's something that I haven't really thought much about, but there's something else there too where I enjoyed it when it was required, but it was when it was additional and optional. I was like, nope, I don't need more. Uh, yeah, I think part of part of it is like a skill thing, right? It's like mm-hmm. I'm not the best action game player, as I've said on this podcast before. Um, so I think there's for me there's a higher um, it's a higher barrier, it might be. Um, I think, I don't know what it, I mean, it's like, I, I sort of get to the flow state, but I sort of am like, like, I, I really don't think I would have finished the game if we weren't playing, if we weren't playing it for the podcast. Yeah. And I don't, I, I, I do like want to get there, I guess. But I don't know what it is. Like, I I feel like I'm like I can't quite get to the flow state. I guess. Yeah. I was playing the Watcher Knights in particular. I was on a plane with a mask, <laughs> and uh, I was I and I remember, of course, I was wearing a mask right because I'm on a fucking plane. But I remember like. When I beat the Watcher Knights, I breathed a huge sigh of relief. I like was like, <sighs> yeah, you know, and I was yeah. like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Because, <laughs> I, um, I mean, that's how tense it is. And yeah. but I'm still the whole time I'm doing it. I'm like, man, like this kind of sucks. You know, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, this is so hard. Why am I, I- doing this? Yeah, I think that's you know that's just where it comes down to personality, right? Or, uh, I don't think it's for everyone, mm-hmm. and that's one of the first things for me against you know best game of all time. Mm-hmm. Is I'm, I'm starting to wonder if difficulty, to an extent, is actually a limiting factor when you can say it's the best game of all time. So uh, I think that's where I start. You know, you start getting more specific of like best at this, or you know best in the field or something like that but um yeah yeah it requires more qualifiers than just best is um because there's no way you know 
people who enjoy this game are like maybe one percent of the population honestly like in the world yeah um because it's like I don't, yeah it's yeah less than one percent easily right but yeah it's a small right? number yeah for sure um so it it's too hard like it's too hard for me even as I admire it, it's it's too hard to be approachable for most people. Yeah. Um. It. I don't know. It's like. I think we're. It's like we were talking about. Before the show. Um. I feel like there should be this kind of game if if mm-hmm. there's a gallery of the best games ever made. This type of game should be in there, and maybe it's the best version of this kind of like masochistic action game where you're actually hitting enemies in 2D yeah. and not just avoiding them and like Celeste or something um, so you know I don't know I want to say I mean we're not done talking about it yet but I I feel like maybe it is one of the best games ever made just because it's It's not better than Super Metroid, but I feel like it's not trying to be the same type of game as Super Metroid, even though it's a Metroidvania, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, it, it exists in its own space, and I think that's why it gets difficult to disqualify it, because it's like, well, okay, name something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could name a better Metroidvania, but I couldn't name a better whatever Hollow Knight is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I could name other things that do parts of Hollow Knight better, and vice versa. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Like Super Metroid is about the the eerie vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't lose that by the difficulty of some of the enemies right. and areas, right? Whereas you do lose it in Hollow Knight, but there's still something it's sort of it is sort of like the best at being what it does and it's the product of two people who had a very specific idea of what a good game should be and then they made it yeah and if you're talking about you know like the the environment or like eeriness of metroid and then you you look at hollow knight hollow knight just nails it you know mm-hmm. the the atmosphere and the detail and the just all the different zones and the way that they feel and everything, it's just it's so much richer. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that doesn't take anything away from Metroid's feel, but it's, it is a case where it's like, no, these, they've, they've built on that in a, in a way that feels really nice. I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, certainly Hollow Knight is like, it's a, larger world mm-hmm. and the each of the zones have their own uh personality and there's so much variety and like i always think about in the uh um kingdom's edge mm-hmm. area where the dead gladiators are falling <laughs> down from the fools uh i can't remember yeah. what they yeah the, the the Coliseum or whatever, yeah. Yeah, that's in- Fools. Yeah. incredible. Right? That's cool. That's super cool. The, there's so many little 
details like when you finish um when you get near the end of the game and uh dirt it's not dirt mouth it's crossing yeah. what's like the first area under oh, dirt mouth? right under dirt mouth um yeah i know you're talking about though when it, when it changes yeah it gets infected that's mm-hmm. so cool I that mean, was really cool because it didn't happen it didn't need a cutscene. it didn't need like yeah it, it just it, it happened naturally and you understood what had happened to it you didn't come in and go what the fuck is this it was just like oh shit yeah um the world is alive yeah dude i hate cutscenes. this is so much better than than that it's like right you know, but but did, does it ever have like Super Metroid feels like you're exploring like a single place, I guess, and like finding out more about it. And Hollow Knight feels like I don't know. I I don't know if it beats the vibe of Super Metroid. I um, and I, I regretted it as soon as I said it because <laughs> no, I bet no, no, you're because you're right because the the vibe Hollow Knight doesn't never produces a vibe the way metroid does yeah uh, but it, even though it's more impressive visually yes even, hollow knight's more impressive visually i mean even though yeah, it's there's such a variety um and i think maybe that's what metroid dread is trying to rekindle with i heard like metroid. people are just like flipping out about it it's like oh so really good. like that's just what I've, i mean i've only read a couple reviews and then i've had a couple people talk to me but Every time it's just like it's Dang. so good, it's so good. Oh just, really? Yeah, so dude. Um, maybe we should play that soon. Yeah, man, I'll be down. Um I think we should play Dark Souls soon. Alright. Too. I mean yeah. You maybe be back punished. to back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like since I'm already on this train. Maybe. <laughs> Still get off now. Um Man, I, the, I can't decide if I like it or not, the whole game. Because, like, <laughs> I, when I go through its parts individually, when I break it down, uh, Game Informer style, graphics, sound. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, to me, it's, there's a lot of, like, you know, sixes. <laughs> or, like, when I think about the way the difficulty manifests and meshed with the, meshes with the, like, storytelling and environment of the game like i don't i think it's not good but yeah it i think another area where it's not good is the story like there's evidently a lot of it there Mm -hmm. um but i just don't understand it well i think that's why i'm like i'm falling into this side of the fence of you know it's a it's not the best of all time, but it's it's the best at doing some things that are fun, mm-hmm. and it has it has story for you to piece together and find. If you're gonna be that player, who I'm not, where you want to go, and you're gonna hundred percent, you're gonna go back through and you're gonna find all this stuff, and I think that's great. You know what I mean? Like if if you create some something that people want to spend time in, mm-hmm. give them more of that you know, in a way that's fulfilling for them. And I think that's why this game has, part of why this game has such a huge cult following is for that cult, they have curated more um, without being, you know, mindless about it. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I just think that, 
uh, that's a big part of it. I guess the cool part is like that. I think the good part about the quote unquote story um, is that it doesn't force you to engage with it and that there's nothing yes. worse than being forced yes. to engage with story that you don't care. I mean, it's like exactly. Mario sunshine. It's like the dumbest shit imaginable for the story. And it's like, who fucking cares about right. this stuff? You know, it's like, getting in the way. Yeah. It's so, and it's the, the dumbest cutscenes and, yep. Oh man. Um, but anyway, did I mention that's like my least favorite Mario? Yeah. Gonna, I'll say it again in case anybody wants to uh, come at me. It, uh, Mario 64 had no real cutscenes. Sunshine has terrible, just like no of no value cutscenes. Yeah. Um, you know, in Odyssey, I mean, I didn't play Galaxy or galaxy 2 or whatever but um odyssey they're, has they're always they're always terrible when they're in there like yeah. they're just not necessary it's like yeah i, I don't need a lead-in <laughs> to why we're fighting i don't need <laughs> yeah. to uh, like yeah yeah um, and it, this isn't yeah. by the way being uh baby gamers who are like you know i need a serious story no. like no, this is just the the like all of the shit that's been tacked on to Mario over the years sucks ass. Yeah, the the, the <laughs> right like yeah, even, I was gonna try to Mario's... add to that. I'm like, no, I'll just leave it there. Yeah, it sucks ass. Like the, the the games that do it, they do it in a way that they're aware of what they are and they have mm -hmm. fun with it. Mario mm -hmm. tries to be serious about it. You know, when Mario gets his like Mario face on, like I'm gonna fight now, and it's like. You're fucking Mario, dude. Yeah. Like you're like no. Yeah. 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 Anyway, hey, we love Wind Waker on this podcast, <laughs> right? We didn't. We did not get mad about Wind Waker being cell shaded. Right. We, we loved the cell shading. We didn't need a serious, uh, like adult story in Zelda. We don't want Ocarina of Time to be remade in uh Unreal Engine 5. Okay? So shut up. Yeah. That's what, <laughs> what you think we're saying. Fuckers. Yeah. Um, uh no, yeah. But at the same point, so back so with Hollow Knight in the story, it's like what what are you offering then? Right? Mm -hmm. And I and I do think what it offered it did well in that it's like do you want this story and for me the answer was no uh mm -hmm. and not in a not in a like a, a an assertive way just like oh something's happening and in, in, in a passive like sure um i understand you know there's a blight and whatever okay mm -hmm. we gotta save the day uh that's good enough for me and if it's not good enough for you there's more that you can kind of piece together and so I, I don't think that it did story well, but I think that it did do it well in that it lets you find more if you want it. So it, yeah. it, it doesn't get in the way. You know, it doesn't do the bullshit uh, where I'm watching a cutscene of Mario uh, shake his <laughs> fist at Bowser on top of a wedding yeah. cake. Like, who, what the fuck? Who needs that stuff? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So th I think that is a point in its favor i almost it but i almost feel like there's there's too little story 
where there's like two little lead in and I don't need like a Super Mario Odyssey cutscene at the beginning, but it's like I, I remember when I finished the game and after you beat the Hollow Knight, it at least the ending cutscene suggests that the player character becomes the new Hollow Knight and <laughs> replaces the old one. And uh it's like, why did the player character wanna do that? You know, it's like Yeah. I I feel like that that moment in particular um, didn't land well for me at all, and it, it's like at least Dark Souls. Dark Souls has a pretty cool opening cutscene that's not too long, where it sort of lays the foundation for some of the lore and explains a little bit of what's going on. Um, Hollow Knight has like nothing at all, <laughs> and uh, so what do I want? I guess I want like some nod toward why i'm here and like why i'm doing what i'm doing um yeah without being in intrusive about it see and, and i was and i was okay with being dropped in and, and i think again it's like i'm playing a video game mm-hmm. i am in this world i don't know how i got here okay i'm gonna fight these things and that was it right and it was like mm-hmm. Sure, I get what I need to do here, and uh, that was okay for me. And I think it's like I, I'd rather them err on that side than fill it with bullshit. Then like Mario on a plane yeah. going on a vacation with Peach and Toad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Can, I can I can just be on the island. Like Mario's on an island, and I'd be like, "Yep, mm-hmm. I believe that." Um, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Where is he coming from? Yeah. Like on a plane from where? Yeah. Like now I have questions. Like, na- where... yeah, now now you need to go further. Right? <laughs> yeah, and, and it... you don't. And it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Why is he on vacation? Does he work? What's he yeah. on vacation from? Isn't he always on vacation? Like, yeah. Anyway. Stupid fucking game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, in the per- <laughs> but it's like the story in that game, why are, we're talking about Mario Sunshine so much. I know, so I know. Funny. But, you, but like the story, like the weird people on in that game, like the just the weird looking people that populate the island. It's like yeah. that's enough. Yeah. Story for me, it's like that's what I enjoy. It's like I just want to jump around and like go up and talk to these people who say weird stuff to me. You know, yeah. it's like that's what I. That's actually the kind of like story that I want in Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, not the like cutscene of Mario on the plane, but anyway, um, the lore of the game is cool, and I yeah. think that's an important distinction to make. And I actually um, got this from the inter- the insert credit forum user Gaga Geens. Okay, so if you're listening, buddy, um, this is where I borrowed the argument from, but. Uh, yeah, I think there's a a distinction that can be drawn between story and lore. And in this case, it's like the story is is mostly absent. The lore is interesting to read about and engage with and it's like you're sort of just getting that from like being in the city of tears. Yeah, you know? and like clearly something happened here um like everyone's insane. You're getting that from uh like the dream nail and being able to hit yeah. enemies and see their thoughts, which I really liked. That was a really cool touch. Yep. 
hitting a boss with those is really cool. Um, yeah, so the the lore aspect is really neat. It's just the story is like it's almost non-existent or like improperly presented. I feel like. Yeah, I almost wish we would have opened with that because I feel like as much as we panned the story, I love the lore mm-hmm. and and but they're they're they are they're distinct. They're not the same, and I think they can be. You can easily lump them under and be like, "Oh, what are you talking about? It has tons of great depth." Uh, and and I would say, yeah, it 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 does, but it's it's the lore part of it. It's it's all the little, and that's again, that's where like the nuance comes in, right? Of like everything that's placed there feels purposeful, um, and that's that's born out of like a, a mythos that these people thought about. Um, but it's clear that their storytelling, like the storytelling of around the lore, is is lacking. Um, yeah, and and, I, and I, maybe that's why it lends itself so well to just be there, and without a story, is because yeah, the lore is there, the world is there, and so go delve into the richness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have story, then it's fine. Um, and at least that's how I experienced it. So it worked for me. Yeah, I think that's the ideal experience, right? Is like the the lore is the story, and you mm-hmm. can piece together enough of what you want. Or ignore it mm-hmm. if you want. And, and, you know, maybe where I come down is, like, the story is good. Because, like, it's there if you want to engage with it and learn more about it. And you certainly can. And if you don't want to, uh, it doesn't get in the way. And, and you can avoid it. And you don't avoid it by pushing start to skip a cutscene. You know, right. you just avoid it by not uh, engaging oh. with it. And you're good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the other, but I did want to touch on another thing about the story, just mm-hmm. that I think we're, we are getting near the end here, but, um, cause we're well over an hour at this point, but the, I don't like the writing in the game mm-hmm. and I feel like it, it, it's an example. I, I love that it's a small team, you know, and like I said, you're not getting this yeah. really like focused specific experience with a large team, but the writing in it is just it feels amateur a lot of times and i think it's you know it's written everyone if you're smart enough to design this game then you're smart enough to write a sentence Mm -hmm. but i do feel like the writing does kind of reek of some amateurism just in like you know it's like the words are there and you can see the vibe that they're going for um, but it it ends up coming out stiff in a way that wasn't intended. It's yeah. like they're going for sort of formality, um, but it ends up just coming off as not even wooden, but just like I think, <laughs> I think you said it's like uh, they had thesaurus.com open yeah. a lot of the time when they were I, writing. I would... I would consider myself, like, if I was making a game and mm-hmm. I was writing stuff, I would be an amateur writer, right? Like, I am not a good writer. Like, Me either. I could, I, could, I could put some things down and I could, you know, it would have some cohesion, blah, blah, blah. But I would open thesaurus.com and be like, oh, what's a better word than dingy? Like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was, the, what was the, do you have it? Uh, yeah, I have this quote. It's from, uh, I can't remember the name. It's Cornifer's wife 
wife. Right, right, right. The map maker's wife who runs the map store. Bapanada. <sighs> Bapanada. Yeah. That exactly one. her. And if if you play this game, you know who we're talking about from that yeah. soundbite. Yeah. Um She says, At times my husband makes Hollow Nest sound a wonder, but sometimes it seems a ghastly, dangerous place. And it that sentence is like it's like at times, but sometimes. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like that kind of thing. Um to me, you have like a a juxtaposition of ghastly and dangerous, and and ghastly is like a very like ornate word, and right. dangerous is like a mundane word. So it it like suddenly I I don't understand like the shift there. Um, yeah, what is the what is the like the the prose like? What is the what is the style of language of these people? Exactly. And it, exactly. Yeah, it just feels disjoint. And I didn't notice it. It wasn't jarring to me during my playthrough. Mm-hmm. But immediately when you mentioned it, I could think of 10 examples mm-hmm. of like, oh, yeah. Yep. Um, and it's, it's interesting because it's like the characters themselves are fun mm-hmm. and interesting and different. And it, but yeah the writing it's the writing isn't you know it's weird to say like the writing isn't good when i'm not a good writer um but i guess that you know if i held myself to that then i could never talk about anything because i'm not good at anything so it's like uh, what did the supreme court (laughs) (laughs) what same what is what did the supreme court justice say about uh pornography i know it when i see it yeah (laughs) it's like yeah you you don't have to be a, a a great writer, I don't think, because I'm not one to know when you're reading writing. That's not right. Great, and uh, I I just feel like that's the case here, and I feel like you can totally see that it was written by someone whose their calling isn't writing. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's like Subnautica; they <laughs> hired a writer to. Right. To write the, because they recognized that I think maybe that they were making a game that was very focused on mechanics and they're like, we need some something in place to kind of string all this together. And so they hired a writer and the storytelling in that game is very unobtrusive. It's very meshed with the mechanics yeah. of the game. Um, and it's good writing. and. So, on the one hand, you're not getting this Hollow Knight specific experience if the team gets bigger and bigger, but um, I, I feel like it is something I see in a lot of indie games, in that there's not someone whose sole job is being a writer or someone who's necessarily trained or has practiced writing a lot. They are writing a lot of the dialogue, and uh, it ends up feeling this way. It just has this like amateurish vibe. Yeah. And and in the case of Hollow Knight, I think it it's it doesn't hurt the game because mm-hmm. there isn't the story in in a traditional structure like in another game. So if you had this kind of writing with a you know a game that depended on its story, that's mm-hmm. when you get that's when it's a glaring right. Whereas this, you can see it, um, but it's not really important. 
to the to the mission and so uh yeah it it it, it works you know it doesn't get in the way it, it it's yeah i i picked up this game on switch for like two dollars it's called uh ligrand legacy okay and uh i it bills itself as being like an homage to uh like basically playstation era final fantasy games mm-hmm. and that you know that's my shit so yeah, yeah. i was like well i should it's on sale too i should like at least buy it you know you can't and, afford not to yeah and the writing is just it's just dismal in this in the same way as this hollow knight is it's like there's yeah. you know sort of like a mismatch of styles in the same sentence or just a clumsiness but so much worse and that's an example of a game where you know it's it's like probably meant to be a a full length rpg right and the writing's just so bad so um hollow knight you're right it's not it's not that way it's not mm-hmm. you know engaging with the story isn't really even required to in when you're engaging with the game so it it ends up not i think being too much of a stain on the game yeah and i, I think that's like one of those things I'm, I'm finding as we do these uh podcasts um you know for earlier on we asked like what's the thesis like of, a, of what is the best game of all time and it, there's this we always knew there was like a clear separation we don't want to sit here and, and do the the game spot you know like you said <laughs> graphics audio like breakdown because that's not that those numbers don't produce the feeling right um, yeah but it's yeah, about getting, the subjective experience it should be about the subjective experience that you get when you're playing a game right yeah and and that's why you can have something so you can say something like that where you can look at the writing and be like this is bad writing and you would still hang it in the gallery mm-hmm. of best games right and it can still have that place just like you know art from across you know time mm-hmm. uh, you can look at things and you go yeah that was terrible but here's here's why it's still meaningful mm-hmm. um, so yeah yeah it is so it is so hollow night it's hollow nightness yeah means that it i feel like it it is such a unique um it's not even unique right but it's just like such a like we want to make this kind of game and they went out and did it to an extreme degree it's potent yeah it's yeah yeah it's not unique it's just like such a heavy dose of what it is totally yeah yeah in a in a way that is unique i feel like yeah no yeah yeah it's interesting i'm struggling on the wording for that because it is unique but it's not um it's not innovative you know there's not yeah oh i've never seen this before um maybe that's the distinction yeah is it is unique it's just not it's not doing anything new yeah it's unique in in how like much itself it is. I feel like I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I guess I'd I'd put it there, but I don't like. I never want to play it again. I'm not gonna play Silk Song. Um, oh really? You're out. You're out for good. Like yeah. If it, if it's like if it has like a Watcher Knights type boss, then yeah, 
and it, for sure it will because there's well, no way it won't right they, yeah that would be stupid of that. yeah i mean that would be a disservice to the audience if they didn't right because clearly the audience wants that um yeah, yeah i i'm struggling with this one because i i did start another playthrough i would play it again i will play silk song and i think i'm i just you know i'll regret you know uh writing it in stone right now but like the difficulty part like i enjoy it but even mm-hmm. then i'm like yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't feel good calling it a best game of all time because of accessibility just, i can't decide i straight up cannot decide whether yeah. it is or not yeah this is the first time i felt this way where i'm like actually i think that i felt this way you know like waffling on um doki doki Mm-hmm. I was like, I wanted to make a call, but I couldn't. Um, and that's how I feel about this one, where I'm like, I, of all the things that we just went through, like, I still, like, would um, condense it to hyperbole and be like, I only have good things to say about this game. Clearly mm-hmm. not true, but that's how I'm remember. That's how I'm like treating it, and that's why it's like it's hard for me to say that it's not. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I'm like, yeah, but. Hardly, you know, there's only so many people who play this and enjoy it. Uh, I don't know, man. It's a good game. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic game. What if it? What, what is it? Is its brand of difficulty different than Celeste? Because Celeste is ultra hard, hmm. but it is way more. It has way less. Um, just kind of extraneous stuff hanging yeah. around it you know no because part of the part of the thing that's making it hard for me to not hold hollow knight up is the fact that it has so much more mm-hmm. that it it's like so many bosses so like the world is huge because that was a part of it for me playing it was just like i cannot believe how big yeah. this map was yeah right like over totally. over new zone new zone and i'm like how many more and i i love that about it so and they're so intricately designed oh, and the, all the have art. their own flavor it's crazy the art is out of this world like how did you do that and it's not pixel art yeah yes yeah i think my eyes are so i pixel art's great but my eyes are so happy to see curved lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And even, like, the, the way they use parallax and the, the depth of layering, where it's like you've got the foreground and then the background was always, like, a blurred animated version of something going mm-hmm. on, you know? Even if it was the fucking, what are the little, the grubs, right? Like, mm-hmm. just the, the depth of the world. Like, I don't know. Yeah, the art's crazy so stupid yeah just so many instances of getting to a new area and being like oh my god mm-hmm. you know the crystal mines were like that for me oh that's cool um and the music's outstanding in there yeah it has good music too it has really good music it has like it is good music for like everywhere, and then there are just some areas where it just kills it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the crystal mines for me—the um, place where the moth lady is, who gives you dream nail upgrades for the essence. Uh-huh. I can't remember yeah. what that's. The, um, 
Oh, it's not the forgotten. Is the forgotten something? Yeah, it's where the grave. Yeah, it's forgotten something because it's where the the graveyard is, right? Where you go and like talk to all the. Mm -hmm. Um, I love. I just love green path. I think green path is it. Just mm -hmm. like real bouncy and like kind of uh lilting. City of Tears had a had a cool. I think it had a vocal track on it too. Mm -hmm. um, just, just kind of haunting. I don't know. My brain's starting to to fall apart as I'm trying to think of these. But <laughs> yeah, I dude, I don't know what to say. I mean, I guess like how strongly do you feel about it that it is one of the best games ever made fuck dude like because i felt you were on the fence about ddlc but i felt very strongly about ddlc so i think that's why it snuck in right and yeah, i made an impassioned case to you yeah, 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 yeah. You did. You tried so hard, and I shot you right down. No, I mean, oh, man. I guess I, yeah, I feel the same way. Where it's like you, you, you were able to, you know, I was able to say like I can see why, but it's not for me. Mm -hmm. And I can see that angle coming from you on this one, right? Where it's like you, you get it, like you can line it up and you understand it, but it's still not something. But then I feel like you were saying you are going to put it in the category of best games of all time. I mean, when I finished it, I was like, yeah, it's like amazing, like <laughs> in an objective way. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually amazing um, to think that two people made it and it's so like conforms to this idea of how they wanted to make a game and it's so huge yeah I, right there just like what you said made me think why i'm having such a hard time with this is because it it does so many it checks so many different boxes mm -hmm. that i that i can't get it into a category right or it's like oh so if a game is made by two people then it's automatically good it's like well no hell no like that's not true mm -hmm. But it was made by two people, and it did this, and it had this, and despite this, you know, here's how it was presented. Even mm -hmm. after saying all that, I'm having a hard time saying, well, does that mean it's the best game of all time, though? Uh, no, it still doesn't. I feel, I, I feel like if we let Hollow Knight in, then there's a whole lot of other games, indie games, that would have to be admitted to. Yeah. And uh, it's sort of like, do we want to have a big Hall of Fame or like a small Hall of Fame? I mean, yeah, like the whole point was to address the kind of the tongue-in-cheek hyperbole, right, of GOAT. Yeah. Um, and I, if that's the, if I go back to that criteria, then I say no. Yeah, dude, totally. I mean, like, yeah, I think... I think that's the right answer. Then this is the first time we've done this of like we don't know and we're going in we don't know and we're sort of figuring it out yeah. like as we're recording it. I came in with it not and not today but like all the way leading up to this I was like yep it, yes it's a yes absolutely and then the more we talked about it, I'm like oh shit maybe not yeah but to, and right now I'm gonna say no and like I said I'll maybe I'll regret it but uh, I I can think of. If Hollow Knight is, then Darkest Dungeon is, and it's better than Hollow Knight. 
because it's like I don't think it's quite as small of a team, but it is so focused, such like a specific type of experience. It, it seems like there were about five or six like core people who worked mm-hmm. on it. Um, and yeah, but it is like all the things we say Hollow Knight is good at, but less of the bad stuff. I want to say, maybe yeah, that's I feel not like true. We, we this a couple. <laughs> We did this a couple times on like the need or the 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 interest in a different type of thesis or episode uh, mm-hmm. structure, right? Where it's like we talk about games that are like best in class, mm-hmm. and in that case, it's a it's like an easy yes for Hollow Knight. Yeah, like, is this the best in in it among its peers? Uh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now what are its peers? You know, it's it's like okay, get into that. But I think that, you know, the Darkest Dungeon, same thing, right? It's like, uh, it eases that, it eases that challenge of like, oh, well, if you let this in, then you'll have to let this in. It's like, well, if you separate it this way, then they're not even, there's no comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway. I'm going to say no. Yeah, if you're saying no, I'm definitely saying no. Yeah. So, man, Sorry, and I was coming in saying yes. Yeah, and, that's and like, crazy. how did I how did I talk you out of it? Right, that's why I'm like, am I just tired? Like, am I gonna like I'm gonna like six months down the road? Well, who knows? Maybe I'll I'll admit it if I do. I'll come back to it. That's we're fine. we're coming back to. I mean, we're gonna do like a end of year episode, right? I dig it. Yeah. So where we're gonna rank all these? With Jack yeah. Candy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, bro. This was yeah. a good one. Thanks for. Uh, I mean, coming in, I was like, I don't even know if I have that much to say about it. And we got into a lot of really good stuff. So um, thanks yeah. for listening. Uh, if you would like to email the show, you can email us at bestgamespodcast at gmail.com. And please let me... It's actually bestgamespod at gmail.com. Yeah, it sounds wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I check it... Um, and we have a website which is now sorely out of date. It looks great. It it's, looks it's yeah. fantastic. It looks really good. Um, so check that out. It's at bestgamesofalltimepodcast.com. And we don't know what we're doing next as an episode. But uh, if you enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing, and leaving us a review on your podcast listening app of choice. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.